Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fart Fetish Podcast once again. The Fart Fetish Podcast is where we seek to find the answer to, what is fart fetish? Where might it come from? How is it enjoyed? And what are the people like who have this fetish, and other fetishes too? We do this on every first Friday of the month, on almost all major podcast platforms, and at fartfetishpodcast.com. We're also now on YouTube, so check us out there, and at YouTube Music. You can also enjoy erotic fart stories, captions, and videos at thefartcloset.com and support the podcast at the same time. That's thefartcloset.com. And now I'd like to welcome Drooby to the podcast. Drooby identifies as gay, a furry, a cuckold, and a newly discovered fart fetishist. He's also an erotica writer who enjoys aspects of degradation and humiliation in both his works and his sexual life with his partner. Drooby gives us his perspective on cuckold and shares some of his experiences. He also dives into the origins of these fetishes for himself, and we explore topics like the importance of sexual exploration and keeping grounded in reality versus recognizing what is purely fantasy. We talk about so much in this episode, so come join me right now for the Fart Fetish Podcast. Thanks very much for being here, Drooby Fox. Why don't we start with a little bit about yourself and what, what fetish looks like for you? Yeah, sure. So for me, I, well, I'm, I'm 32. Uh, I'm a gay man. I'm a furry and a cuckold. And just within the past couple years, I've uh, gotten into a proctophilia. Um, out, outside of that, I'm, a, um, I'm an actor, a performer. And for... For me, what what fetish looks like for me, I I'd say it's it's a pretty big uh, part of my life. Um, I'm I'm quite uh, sexually active, uh, or not, depending on how you look at it with the cuckold thing. <laughs> um, but it's very important to me. Uh, I think I think fetishes in general are are just really important. It's it's good to explore and um, find new things that that spark your interest and and keep things alive and and fun. And I, I I shared some of these with uh, my partner, uh, CJ. He's he's around the same age as me. And yeah, yeah, I I think I think that that's about it. <laughs> when you when you say you shared these with your partner, um, you uh, are you saying you found a partner that had similar interest, or you you shared your interest with them, and uh, and it went from there? Um, I, you know, I think I think it could be a little bit of both. I've definitely shared uh, a lot with him and you know, it's, it's a, it's a, some things he's, he's really into some things. It, it might not be his, his thing, but w- one thing that I do love about my partner is, is he definitely indulges in whatever I'm curious about. And, and he's very open and willing to trying new things and, and seeing if it's something that he likes or maybe something where he says, Hey, I, I don't mind doing that for you. Uh, it's not quite my thing, but you know, occasionally if you want to try that, I'll do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's definitely rubbed off on me quite a bit with some of his, um, he's definitely got quite a bit of a, um, smell and musk, uh, fetish as well. Nice. Nice. That's, that's really awesome. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you, uh, you, you have that kind of relationship with each other. Do you know when and 
like how um any any of the particular fetishes started for you when when would you say like the first time you noticed uh, some of these uh i don't know there's every word is negative but like alternative or different like sexualities um coming out in your in your expression yeah for sure um well as far as proctophilia goes i i think that one i'm still kind of figuring out and i i, I believe with with all of my my top fetishes i i can see where they derived from something in my youth um i know as far as the cuckold thing goes i i first started noticing that with my my very first girlfriend in high school um it was like my senior year and uh she had cheated on me and it it was a big blow uh blow to my my self-esteem and my pride and um it definitely hurt a lot and i i i took it to heart very very heavily and um i remember we had a long conversation about it and you know we talked about okay like we're cool now it was it was a mistake you know nothing unfaithful is going to happen after this and then sure enough not too too much longer i was getting suspicious and i ended up looking through her phone and i found some text messages uh from another guy her her and him going back and forth and um i remember i saw it and i it, there was this weird that you know that butterfly feeling the jealousy was huge but then i uh i didn't say anything i didn't confront her about it at all and i'm not sure if right away i knew exactly why but i found myself anytime i had the chance to kind of like sneak into her phone i would just like check back on those messages and see where they were at. And I wanted to know everything about their side relationship. And I was, I was curious and, and I found myself uh, masturbating to the thought of them being together um, constantly. And it was, it was all the time, but the jealousy was still there and there was still a part of me that was angry about it, but I couldn't stop fantasizing about it. And that was definitely, <laughs> definitely uh i think the roots of it i think and I, and I was a very very jealous person i think when i put so much mental energy into their or her infidelity uh i think at some point maybe maybe wires got crossed or something and then it turned into a fetish <laughs> i guess is is what i'd say with that interesting do you, do you know what, um, and this may be a hard question, but do you know what attracted you in the first place to want to, uh, like dig into her phone and stuff and like essentially continue, uh, pursuing the jealousy as it were, um, in, in a sense, I, at least the way I'm reading it. Um, d do you know what, what drove that? Was it me merely the jealousy and then perhaps that got tweaked or, or I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts. Yeah, I I think it was the jealousy that drove that. I I know that even after the very the very first time she cheated on me, and we we had that conversation. I know even after that, I I my my trust was definitely broken, and I know I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I couldn't stop thinking of her being with another guy. So it was something where I wasn't seeing it as a fetish at first, for sure. It was more just like, like I couldn't stop thinking about her doing that and then me getting angry and jealous and then and then that's when I, I i had looked into her phone very interesting very interesting i wonder if it's a like um and i'm obviously not a psychologist but i'm i find it interesting i wonder if it's a like like a protection 
mechanism for like essentially you you can mentally take yourself from uh, and I'm not saying you're unique in this. I'm sure there's many people who have who have done this as well. But you take your position as essentially you know a victim of, of infidelity and uh, turn it mentally turn it into a way to get uh, pleasure that maybe was lacking. Um, and I'm not saying it's lacking, but perhaps was lacking in the relationship. There's something maybe missing in that relationship, maybe for her, maybe for you. And turning it inward into like, I'm this third participant in this relationship perhaps is a, is a, is, was a way, was a way to cope with that uh, situation. No, definitely. Definitely. I, I think you're probably right on the money there because I, like I said, I, I know that when I had, when I had first found out that she was cheating on me, I, I know it, it did take a very big mental burden on me. And I think, and it wasn't a good thing, you know, it, it definitely was, there was some mentally destructive things that I was doing in my own imagination. And, you know, I was, I was very hurt. So it, it does make sense that at, I, I guess at some point, my brain just said, I'm, I'm tired of this. We need, we need to enjoy this and not, not beat ourselves up about it. So no, I, I, th I think you're on the money on that. Interesting. I, yeah, I'm, I'm interested because I think we have more questions, uh, in, in this vein as well, uh, later, but I do want to get back to the, um, uh, fart fetish, not just because of, because of the show, like whatever overarching theme, but it interests me too, because you said it was, uh, uh, relatively new for you. When and and about how did that uh, did you come about that discovery? Well, I mean, if if we're taking it to possibly uh, earlier roots, I know with my family, with a, a lot of well, a few people that I've heard even on your show um, describe it as when they're young, being something that's just funny. Uh, I, I was definitely big Nickelodeon kid. Uh, all the guys in my family, we have a big big family, a lot of men, uh, a lot of man's man kind of, kind of men. <laughs> and, uh, definitely farting was just a common everyday funny thing, or you could, you could, you know, tease your cousins by farting on them or whatever, but we definitely, it was always, it was always like a super funny thing. And, and I remember even as a kid, I was, I was a little bit hyper fixated on how much I enjoyed them as far as thinking that they were funny. But it was never, I never saw it as anything sexual, at least at that point. Um, and then I remember in uh, in high school, well, a couple things happened in high school. Um, and I know uh, before this, we we spoke a little bit about it, but there was there was a video that that all my friends were watching, and it was Asian fart porn, and it was just one video that they had found and it was it was that uh two girls and and one of them farted in the other's face and the girl um you know she she smelled it in and and, and just seemed like it was refreshing and she just really enjoyed it and i remember being very turned off about it at the time and i don't know if it was just because it was two women and then and then the 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 fart was something that was supposed to be enjoyed, like it was some kind of bouquet of flowers. Um, that didn't do it for me. But of course, without knowing all the different intricacies of a fetish, that's that was my only <laughs> the only thing I had seen from it. So that's just what I thought it was. And then it, it really wasn't until later 
and I, and I was I was looking up some some furry porn and I I came across this this image this piece of art where there was one character and they were bullying another character they were they were farting in another character's face and that had kind of got me a bit like there was there was something about it that I was like oh oh okay I kind of like that but you know in the sense of there's there's tons of things that you can kind of like and doesn't necessarily mean you got a full-on fetish of it but i was in the middle of looking up a bunch of porn and just seeing what else could spark my interest that thing came up and i was like all right i'll save that image and didn't really think much about it and then it wasn't until a couple years ago i i came across a a piece of furry artwork where it was a cuckold situation and the bull was farting on the cuckold and then that's when it just like it just kind of clicked with me and i was like okay okay i can see that and then it wasn't too much longer that i was i was writing one of my own erotica stories and i I, I kind of got to a moment where I needed the bull to do something really humiliating to my cuckold character. And I was kind of racking my brain and then and then it and then it popped in my head that that art that I had seen. And I was like, no, yeah, that's that's definitely I let's try that. Let's try that. And I and I wrote it down and then and then I really got lost in the story and I just kept writing and writing and I was like, okay, this is definitely a thing. I'm definitely into this. <laughs> I I really like this. This is definitely not a one-time thing. And then after that I was like, okay, I can't finish this story without really diving into it. And so I started I started googling and and looking up looking up the fetish. I started looking up a few forums and the more porn I saw of it, it the specific kind of porn I was looking for, like more of the humiliation, more of the like sort of dom sub situations i was like yeah this is this is definitely it for me nice nice that is a that is a i appreciate you sharing that that uh extent of that journey because it's true i think i think there is surely something to the upbringing you mentioned of at least being around fart and fart humor uh because that seems to be a, a a connecting thread in a lot of these stories um uh even even in my own where it wasn't a joke but it was a more just like natural i guess um it was it was a present in you know my childhood or what have you would you would you say that like how how deeply would you say the um fetishes all interconnect for you cuz i know i know you had you mentioned the 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 furry and the and the and the cuckoldry together and i feel like those you you mentioned them as a like pretty much they're they're combined as far as i know uh, or as far as i've heard um how has the aproctophilia element like in the same way been co- become um intertwined uh so not not all three interconnected in real life um i have we we haven't been in a situation where um we could have a cuckold scenario going on where where the bull was able to fart on me that hasn't happened yet something we're definitely looking into in real life uh i've been able to my my partner's indulged in the uh fart fetish thing and he he he, i i admitted it to him uh a couple years ago 
go and he was like all right let's let's try it let's do it and and since then he's 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 definitely been more than accommodating and in uh in letting me enjoy that from him but uh we haven't brought it to a to a cuckold scenario just yet all three combined do exist in my erotica which i guess i didn't explain much of my erotica started as a uh it started as a, a furry account uh on fur affinity and i i commission artists and they draw artwork and i will write a story that goes along with that artwork and that's just kind of something uh i've been doing on that account i brought it over to twitter as well but once once i had finished writing that story that i was i was talking about earlier i i had to write a few more i had i really had to 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 get more of that out of my system and definitely in my stories i have all three connected um it's definitely a cuckold scenario uh obviously furry because those are the characters and that's the the art that that pairs with the story um and then my my last few stories have definitely had the aproctophilia element in it um to quite an extreme sense um my my erotica is is pretty uh pretty intense i definitely definitely go hard on the the dom and uh humiliation aspects but yeah, yeah. In my art, all three um, have interconnected in real life. Not quite just yet. <laughs> no, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. That that is that is the uh, in many ways the hardest part uh, of a lot of these um, fetishes, regardless of of which aspects are are included. Because I mean, one, you have the the farting aspect that. Um, is sometimes affected by bodily chemistry, bodily function that it can't be, you know, delivered on a on a timely basis necessarily, um, or it can be, but done through um, uh, unnatural means, whether it be like uh, right, right. using it like enema tube. You could, I've heard, you could use like sugar free candy, but again, you're you're hoping and 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 basing your body chemistry will will work on these things, and having an awareness of your body obviously will help. Um, people who do want to uh, do that, but also there's only so much you can do as well. And the other elements as well, uh, like uh, like furry. I know there's there's a certain taboo to furry. I mean, the furry community is obviously very vibrant um, in its own in its own right, but there's also a lot of stigma against the the furry. I think that's thankfully changing. Um, but you know, finding someone. Um, to bring into your relationship, as it were, to, you know, bring all three elements might be difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I, I mean, we already find it difficult enough just finding a bull. Um, well, it, it's it's easy to find, you know, it's it's easy to find a guy who, if you get on the apps, you get on Grindr or you get on uh, Scruff. And, and in the description, you put, we're looking for a guy to have sex with my partner while I watch. That's usually the the general description that we'd put. And that's easy to find a guy that way. But a lot of these guys aren't really in it for the fetish. They're just like, oh, sweet, I get to have sex. And sure, cool, yeah, somebody's watching. But to find a guy that that gets off and 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 who's driven by this power imbalance and and taking what's not his and and sort of that role playing aspect a, a lot of times we that is just so difficult to find let alone finding you know somebody who 
is a furry who'd be into a proctophilia. Right now, we're we're really just looking for somebody who's well a bull. But if we can get them uh, interested in the proctophilia thing as well, then I think we're golden in that. I'm I'm okay with keeping my my furry stuff uh, online and in my fiction. That's fine. <laughs> I don't mind that. But but I definitely definitely like to get a bull who could indulge us into the proctophilia side of things. For sure. And just for my own clarification, the uh, bull moniker, moniker, moniker is a, is someone who's, uh, would be into the cuckold, would be more into the cuckoldry, like the actual domination uh, and playing out the, um, essentially the, the fantasy you, you want to see in like, um, it's not just someone having sex with your partner. It's, it's how they're treating you, how they're treating them essentially is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I fig I figured that's what it was. I just wanted to be sure cuz you, you that's essentially the nuance you gave me when you were talking about the apps. You were saying like essentially it's not hard to um to find someone to to have sex with your partner necessarily while you watch. Uh, I guess it may be similar in the sense of like if you just want a woman to fart, like it's not going to be easy, but it might be easier than finding a woman who will fart and dominate, you know, because they're yeah. they're completely different skills. They're uh, I mean obviously they're different skills, but they're like they're not inherent to each other. Just because you are a farter doesn't mean you know how to dominate, know how to essentially act as it were to know how to be um, someone who can convincingly um, and uh, excitingly uh, dominate someone. Like, you, like, again, you can achieve it by, oh, I'm sitting on your face and I'm farting and like, ah, whoo, whoopee. But if there's no talk, there's no like attitude, there's nothing like that sells that feeling of being dominated, then, uh, then it doesn't matter. I'm sure there's some people who are like, I don't care. It just needs to be physically someone sitting on my face, farting in my face. That's all I care about. My cum will come out. I don't, I don't give a fuck some, but, but I think, I think people like you and me, it sounds like, and I'm sure there's many others like us. We actually need that. Um, maybe not role-playing, but it needs to be sold. The, the domination has to actually be um, something that's, uh, I mean, as simply said, men mentally or intellectually stimulating. Exactly. Like a hundred percent, like, and, and it makes all the difference. And it, you know, like when you're desperate, you're like, all right, I'll, I'll take what I can get. But, <laughs> but it, it does, it, it really honestly makes all the difference is, is really, really seeing the fantasy, uh, played out as, as realistic as, as possible. Like you said, you know, it's like someone who can act it out, who can play the part. Yeah, man, it, that it really makes all the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to go back to talk to you about, um, the, the like domination and humiliation aspects you mentioned, because, um, I, I, one, I don't think we've talked to, um, I mean, we've talked to me, obviously I, I, I'm a fan of that, but I don't think we've talked to a guest that, that has mentioned, um, at least from the submissive perspective, uh, the, uh, humiliation domination aspects. Um, so I'm curious, uh, like to start, when did you realize, like, was it, well, I'm not going to assume, like, when did you realize it was something you liked and what do you think you, um, enjoy about it? Um, I think it was, so I want to say it was my, my first boyfriend that I had, which that was say f my freshman year in college. Um, I had my first boyfriend and 
at that point, I I had I had kind of figured out that there was a thing called cuckold. I I figured out that was a, that was a it was a real thing. People are into it, um, and I I looked into it quite a bit more. Found some porn, mostly straight, because uh, there's very very little uh, gay cuckold porn that exists. Uh, but I figured it out. I was like, all right, I I enjoy this. But it was at that point, I think I was I was treading lightly and I enjoyed watching. I liked the idea of just watching. I didn't think too far into it needing to be someone who was humiliating me or anything like that. Um, so with my first boyfriend, I had talked to him quite a bit about it. And um you know, we had talked about guys that he liked, guys that he found attractive now, or people that we knew that, you know, maybe he had a crush on. And then he told me, well, there's this, there's this guy. And it was, it was someone we hung out with quite often. And, uh, and basically when we were doing stuff in bed, uh, just him and I, I would have him kind of explain to me while we were we were doing stuff, what he liked about the guy or, you know, what he wanted the guy to do to him. And I really enjoyed hearing that. And I, you know, it was that sort of that jealousy pit of my stomach feeling that I was enjoying. And I guess more and more, I'd want him to explain fantasies to me. Um, And he, and he was really getting in it, into it. So it was something he enjoyed as well. Uh, but you know, he would come up with scenarios of, of things that the guy might do to me to humiliate me. And I kind of pushed more for that and more for that. And then eventually we finally, um, we had a threesome with his ex, which, which felt really taboo to me. Cause it was like, okay, this guy, he was literally in a relationship with this guy. And the first time we, we, we did all that, it, you know, again, we were treading lightly, so it was more of a threesome than a than a cuckold scenario. But there was there was one point when I had finished and I and I pulled away and I was just watching them. And, and what was going through my head was. I was seeing it as a not a not a slap in the face, but here's this guy. Taking my man. And he's doing it right in front of me and he knows that I'm here and he doesn't care. And that's how I was, that's how I was like (laughs) picturing it in my cuckold brain. Uh, But I don't know. It it just, it just all started to make sense way too quick that I needed, I need some, I needed something more than just seeing my, my partner get fucked. I needed, I needed something more than that. I needed, I needed that third guy to be in on it. I needed him to be dominant. I needed him to take what was his and to rub that in my face. And I, and I needed it bad. (laughs) It was, it was definitely, definitely a calling for me. (laughs) No, absolutely. I can, I can, I can definitely relate um, in certain aspects. This may be an unfair question because I don't know if I can answer it for myself, but what do you think attracted you to those, uh, to those elements or wanting that? that um so strongly you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to when i was younger um middle school high school i i was bullied a bit i i I don't think too too horribly but i was bullied enough um worst thing ever was 
um, me being put into a trash can by the track team. Uh, <laughs> but that was that was like the tip of the iceberg. Um, but I think I don't know. I th- I think that was another thing that weighed heavily on my mind when I was younger. I was I would sometimes be afraid to go to school or put myself in vulnerable positions because I was afraid of being bullied. Oh my gosh. And I, I totally forgot to mention this. Uh, so my, my first girlfriend that I had, we were, we were at a party and there was, there was a guy that I knew she, she had told me before that she found attractive and she was always really friendly with him. I I don't know if she ever did anything with him or not. I'm not sure, but he was at the party. We were all at the party and there was a point where I was sitting on the couch and that guy had came over to me and he, he like farted right on me, like right at my shoulder, shoulder level, um, in front of everyone, everybody laughed, including my girlfriend. And that was definitely super, super humiliating moment that I kind of just laughed off, um, try to pretend like, Oh yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're bros. It's funny. But I was definitely like red face embarrassed by that and again all those things like i never i never took as sexual at the time but i think they just they all weighed so heavily on my mind that that later on in in conjunction with me finding the infidelity thing hot i don't know maybe maybe me sinking into that uh degraded humiliated sort of specimen more of those those pre-existing things of being bullied and whatnot just piled onto that maybe <laughs> no it's interesting it, it's very interesting insight i i appreciate um your your thoughtfulness on that because um i mean i wrote it in in jest but like i mean the the, the thing you said about the track and field team th- i mean thinking back like at this age like obviously having it happen to you would be, would be horrible. Uh, obviously you, you wouldn't feel good about it at the moment, but thinking back, it's like, that's like kind of a sexy, like whatever the start of a, a sexy, um, uh, porn scenario or what have you, <laughs> right, you know? Right, so, exactly. so it's interesting. I, I wonder, I wonder if it's, you know, I, I, it's, it's probably, I mean, like, again, I can't assume or, or make any diagnosis or whatever, but like, I, I do think that, you know, these maybe, seemingly innocuous moments from our our past uh you know that is to say not even sexual moments um can can really like make our sexuality in a way that that you you know you can't even fathom when it's happening like obviously these these moments are happening to us and we have to process them mentally um and we don't really get necessarily a say in that kind of, or maybe we do if we're, we're well, we're well uh, adjusted, but most people in our, you know, twenties and, and teens and all these ages, maybe even our thirties for some, myself included, like you're not adjusted enough to adapt to this, like out of the norm situation of like having this kind of bully guy fart in your direction and you have to like play it off like you know your friends like obviously what else are you supposed to do in that moment but also like what do those um those mental uh moments 
uh, do to us. You never know. And, and this may be, uh, the ways they, they manifest the, the, the coping mechanisms or the defense, the defense mechanisms that come out of, uh, these kind of events. Like, obviously I'm just talking out of my ass here, but, uh, there, I think there's something to that, um, idea of these, these moments in our past, uh, leading to, uh, these fetishes. That seems to be the, um, the truth, I guess, we're we're stumbling upon here uh, with the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you talked. I have a question about how do you define cuckoldry for yourself. I think you kind of answered that. Do you have anything more specific, like you'd add, or is there any way you uh, see um, a cuckold as as different in in the way that's? Um, is there a way you do to cuckold that's different than the typical way that you've seen expressed? Um, I'm not sure. It, it's hard to say just because it, it, the way a lot of people do the cuckold thing is it, it's, it's pretty broad. Um, I, I do think a lot, uh, a lot of cuckolds lean, lean more towards <clears throat> wanting humiliation and, and that sort of thing, but it's, it's definitely not, not always the case. I guess, I guess what I'd like to, to add to, to it would just be because I, I mentioned earlier I, I talked a lot about my 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 first girlfriend and, and me going through her phone and whatnot. Yeah. I think over the years and it's it's been quite a few years since then, um just learning and then and actually finding the community and and in real life experiences just just figuring out how to make the fetish healthy. And I think that's very important. Because me as as someone who was developing the fetish and not knowing what to do with it, I think I think along the way I made a lot of mistakes and um, I wasn't I didn't always go about things the best way. Um, communication with me and my partners uh, wasn't always the best, and a lot of times I wanted a scenario to, you know, to go somewhat dark, like. I, I th I think I think as a cuckold, like when you fantasize, like if you look at my erotica, the, it it goes very far. It goes much further than I'd want it to in real life because it's a fantasy. But you know, if we're talking about cuckold humiliation and someone coming in and and taking your partner, you know, if you go to the extremes of that, you're talking about you know they steal your partner away for good. Like your partner decides they don't want to be with you anymore; they want to be with them. That's more fantasy. I wouldn't want that to happen in real life, of course. <laughs> um, but I think I think now me and my partner, we've well, my current partner I've been with for ten years, um, and you know we've been through the ringer with with figuring it out. There's been some arguments here and there, but now the last few years we've um, you know we've been playing around with it. We're we're fully we're fully communicative at all times we're always on the same page um i there's yes there's a little bit of jealousy here and there but like it's it's that manageable kind where i i i feed off of it instead of you know tilting the teeter-totter in the wrong direction and the jealousy wins over the pleasure um i i'm now fully comfortable in in my fetish and and how it works for me and for my partner and for whatever bull that, that we end up finding. That's great. That's, that is really great. Cause I do imagine it is a, 
it is a um uh I, I can't think of a good terminology tightrope to walk in terms of uh um balancing what you say the jealousy and uh your your sexual enjoyment um i i've uh it's it's i didn't like i my when my with my ex i we did um she just saw she went on a date with somebody so it wasn't really cuckoldry but it was we were playing with that element and i found i really didn't like it but for me it comes from uh, a lot of uh of uh insecurity like I, i don't think i'm i'm like overly insecure in our relationship but when you introduce that element um that's basically what you're trying to trigger. You're you're triggering that insecurity, that jealousy, that feeling of of being uh, someone. Someone not even like I think some people look at uh, it cheating, like cheating especially. They look at it. It's like it's the sex. It's the sex that was the thing. It's like I, I find, and maybe that is for some, but I find it's more the emotional. Um, it, it's the emotional thing that that would be most heartening like if you don't want to have sex with me that's that's one thing but if you don't want to be with me that's that's a completely different thing you know if you want to spend time with me um socially or or romantically or whatever that's really more where i'm like that's where i care about being infidelity like if you're if you're just hanging around me because you just i don't know some obligation or you pity me or something like that's not gonna feel good but i i see that uh, I'm getting off topic, but this I see that the the cuckold aspect is is balancing this um, and basically playing on that knife's edge of of enjoying a a small sense of being um, uh, being that other person in that relationship, um, which I imagine too uh, on the on the opposite side of that coin when the the uh the, the cuckolding scene the 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 bull as it were has left the situation the rejuvenation of the connection between the 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 two you know regular partners you two uh is uh perhaps strengthened obviously if both partners are are enthusiastic about it obviously but like the you get to renew the love you have for each other if if i if i'm mistaken like that's the way i see it is that um the way you you feel about it um post uh post cuckoldry yeah yeah no it 100 it, it's it's definitely been something that has has strengthened our bond like beyond beyond the clouds like f- for sure it, it, and i th- i think it's i think it's literally letting letting myself be that insanely vulnerable and 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 for him too i mean like i know i know my partner is the one that is getting the sex but even then in that situation you're still vulnerable and i think i think us putting ourselves in that situation and and lending ourselves over over to that feeling and like you said after after the bull leaves you know, I can't, I can't tell you how many times that, that has happened. And then, and we're both just giddy as hell afterwards, <laughs> you know, we're like, Oh shit, I can't believe we just did that. That was so cool. You know, I, and, and, and you were, and you were right when you were, when you were saying earlier, like, I, I, I know there are some cuckolds that literally that's there. 
they don't even go to that sexual part. It's the their partner goes on dates with other guys. And and you're you're 100 percent right that that is what. That that can cut the deepest, <laughs> you know, that's that those are the really, really strong feelings is, is when it becomes emotional. Um, and those things are fun to to play with, but it's it's all in good conscience and 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 the communication has to be there with the bull as well. They've they've got to be on the same page and understanding our boundaries and, and what we're after. But but for sure, when it's all said and done and it's and it's me and my partner at the end of the day. I mean, it's it's only something that has brought us closer together. That's awesome. That That is a great thing to hear because that is obviously not what you um, assume. That's not what the people people hearing um, that type of relationship would assume is going on. But with most of these assumptions in any of these um, fetishes or kinks, it's often uh, misplaced and wrong uh, when you don't actually uh, live within that world or have at least explored that world or talked to people within that world. So I'm hoping this this will help people uh, gain an understanding, which which do you like in my mind, uh, I it kind of mixes uh, cuckoldry to me as a, like an element of uh, polyamory, like almost a, a CNC um, or, or consensual non-consent aspect of polyamory. Would you, uh, agree with that, that assessment or do you have a, a different assessment? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I've, I've seen it a bit poly before, especially since me and my partner have considered if we had found like, just like the right bull that like fits us in, in every possible way we've, we have considered bringing on a bull as a, as a permanent part of our relationship. But it would, in the sense of where I, w- I guess I would see, I mean, I guess poly can have its own many different colors and flavors, and each relationship can be, you know, unique in their own sense. Ours wouldn't be, I wouldn't want or expect the bull to have, like, strong loving feelings for my partner. I, You know, that's not something we're looking for. It would be more of a, he he comes in and helps us out because he's giving my partner what I can't give. Um, so he's kind of in this sexual relationship with no strings attached. And me and my partner are in the loving part of the relationship. So in a way, yes. I mean, especially if if we're considering it being something more long-term. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. It's interesting exploration for sure. Like it's... So much of this stuff has not, um, at least in my exploration, has not been talked about or, or like studied. That it, it it's almost like covering uncovering new ground as we go, um, in trying to, um, not find a monolith, but at least explore the, the ideas much more than just a term and a definition. Um, that's really the the, um overarching goal of this show and why I'm, I'm happy to actually branch out beyond the, the fart fetish too, because, um, as much as I do want to, to, uh, help and normalize the fart fetish, I'd love to help and normalize, uh, similar and, and fetishes that are in, in the periphery. And they're interesting to me as well to, to hear about how people, um, go about interesting, interesting and different, uh, sexualities and, and, I get to learn, you know, there's some aspects that I uh, enjoy as well. Like I've talked about feet on a number, a number of episodes and, you know, I think 
I don't think the show made me realize I liked feet, but like, you know, in going to do <laughs> domination, I, you know, I, you know, had feet put in my face and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, uh, what are you enjoying them pretty readily at that, in that situation. So, um, obviously there are aspects that we, you, I think you said it yourself at the beginning of the show that this exploration of our sexuality, um, this opening up of ourselves and see, and seeing like what we might like and what we might want to try. Um, and, and also knowing what we don't want to try and what, what might, you know, be, uh, something we don't want to explore, but really having that openness to seeing, um, the possibilities I, I think is really, uh, you said important. And I, I think it's true. It's super important that people, um, kind of explore that, that, uh, element of, of them. Cause I, I don't know, I find life pretty boring otherwise, not just, and not just sex, like, like, you know, finance, business money, like there's not a lot, like once you start, like, obviously you can study all these topics for your whole life, but there's not a lot of like, it's not like we're inventing new, like portal technologies. And now it's going to like, Everything is kind of like it's either a business, you work for somebody, or yeah. um, or you have a job. Yeah, you have a job, you work for somebody, or you or you or you sell a product, you like own stock. That's pretty much the only ways to to make money or do anything. It's like life is kind of uh at least as as far as the human confines, life is kind of dull. So if you can explore furry or cuckold or or different sexualities in general, I, I, I think that's that's kind of the only exploration we humans have. Um, and again, it's not just sexual, but it's one of the only um, areas where we can actually do something a little different, do something that's not, um, that hasn't, it hasn't, we haven't tread that ground yet necessarily. And obviously some people have, but um, I don't know. It's just an interesting, I, I find life to be pretty boring without it, I would say. No, totally, totally. <laughs> And you said you said the uh, the farting aspect has been largely fantasy, but you have done done it um, a few times with your with your partner. How has those like? I guess describe describe to me how how a bit how that how those went, or how at least one of those more memorable situations went uh, the first time, maybe. Yeah, sure. So, I, I I guess first it was it was me, you know, the the night that I was like. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is it. This is something I'm into. Put it on the list. Uh, and I was like, okay, got to tell him. And I, I remember being really bashful about it. Cause I was just like, ah, you know, I, I feel like I'm always telling him like, Oh, I'm into the weird thing, but I'm like, we got to stop being in that mindset. You know, it's, this is, these are all fun things to do. Um, so I was, you know, I, I told him and, you know, he was like, all right, yeah, let's, uh, let's try that sometime. And, and it was, I remember we were, we were on a vacation. We were both a bit drunk and I was just like, Hey, can we try the thing? And he was like, yeah, sure. Um, and it was, it was definitely one of those. We didn't really know what we were doing. It was just trying to, trying to figure it out. And, and it kind of ended up being like a, um, you know, sort of like the unnatural method. I ended up blowing air into him to make it happen um which you know doing more research on it wasn't quite too sure how uh how safe that was but um did that and it was definitely a check mark okay yep cool like that really enjoy that that's fun um 
and and I remember after that we we finished doing that and he asked me well how did how'd you like it and I was like yep that was amazing that was one of the coolest things I've ever done and he was like cool he's like yeah I don't I don't mind doing that for you you can do that anytime um which that's that's how he said it so I don't I don't I don't know how super into it he is but um his exact words were I don't mind doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, whenever I get the chance, I I kind of I I ask if it's if it's something he doesn't mind doing and and he's always willing. So, for sure, do you do you usually do it in a uh in a domination context or is it more just like uh just hanging out, just casual or or what how how what what kind of aspect or theme would you put on it? Uh more more casual so far with us. We we I have uh, asked him to kind of be more rude about it. Um, I've even asked him, um, you know, Hey, we, it doesn't even have to be, if we're, if we're just alone together, you know, in the apartment and you just, you know, want to grab the back of my head and, and, and put me right there and, and go for it. I was like, you know, go, please, please. I just, you know, I want to try it from that angle. And, and he's, he's done that a few times definitely enjoyed that and and i and i definitely i definitely can say when when the more forced and bully humiliation side comes out it's i i'm definitely way more into it uh for sure but it's still also new to me so i even in the casual sense like i'm 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 loving it i'm loving life nice nice that's really awesome that that's really great do you find having this mindset for uh domination and humiliation do you feel it makes uh life or connection or romantic connection um more difficult and i it, it probably is a little different because you do have a partner of a long time and obviously uh, an understanding and loving partner which is which is amazing that's it's um that you know obviously congrats to you that that's that is a great i'm so glad to hear that um do you find though it makes anything um whether it be in your relationship or outside of your relationship um more difficult definitely in the beginning uh i know i know i mentioned that a bit before um definitely while i was working out the kinks and figuring out the fetish uh and and anything anything humiliation related it was it was a rocky road now I don't I don't feel like it it really affects me otherwise in and out of relationship. Well, okay, I'll I'll, I'll say this. Um, we we have been pretty open with the fact that we are in a cuckold relationship. Not one hundred percent open, but anybody that we're close friends with, we've been completely open about. Um, and and we do make close friends quite often because as performers, uh, you're with a new group every you know six months so it, word has gotten around <laughs> of course and we definitely find other other people we've worked with other guys coming to us thinking that you know we're automatically going to be interested in having a threesome with them um one thing is clearly they don't they don't quite understand the fetish um but they most of them, most of the performers that we personally work with aren't quite our type. Uh, our, our company is hiring quite a few uh, slender dancers for the most part. And 
my partner is particularly into more beefy, thicker, bigger guys. So we we found that to be a little awkward from time to time. A lot of guys who know about that, they're trying to wiggle on in. But but I mean, as as far as uh, you know, outside the bedroom, my my professional life, my um, you know, my my casual life with with friends and and with colleagues, uh, I I feel like I carry myself with a lot of confidence. I'm very trusted in in the the company that I work for. Um, you know, and I, I even I, I don't just perform. I'm I, I have sort of a leadership role where I do quite a bit of administrative stuff as well. Um, so a lot of people look up to me, and and so you know, it's it's quite different than than how I see myself in the bedroom. I, I definitely like to be like torn down and 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 brought off the totem pole and and you know like face in the dirt. Uh, but but outside of that, uh, no one would really quite know any of that <laughs> and and i like it that way uh i definitely like i definitely prefer it that way but but no i i don't i don't see uh i i don't see it hurting my life in in any way whatsoever that's great that's great how do you um find the response of people outside well first of all are these are these people like in kink or in in that kind of any kind of uh periphery of this kind of understanding and then if not or if so i guess what has been their response to hearing about the uh the cuckold relationship you have uh yeah i mean i guess it depends on we've we've definitely talked to um you know some of our closer friends and and some who are more into the kink thing some who are not and it, and it's and it's it's completely various uh you know someone someone who is into kink who doesn't know anything about cuckold they're still sometimes blown away when i really get into the deep recesses of how it works um sometimes they're blown away whereas someone who you know isn't isn't quite as spicy in the bedroom you know we've told them and they're just like oh yeah that makes sense that's cool um <laughs> so uh yeah i don't know i don't know for sure no i I'm just curious because it was um, the way you were talking about production. I was uh, I was wondering if it was like vanilla productions or you were working in adult productions, um, oh, where where well. that may be. You know, obviously people in adult productions may be closer to even if they're not in kink, maybe have more understanding of uh, of uh, different types of sexualities. Right, for sure. No, no, no. This is this is definitely a vanilla gotcha. vanilla performing. We're not okay. doing the topless vegas shows or any you said, any any you said dancers such. so like this was going to be some pretty <laughs> yeah, classy porn like no 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 i i definitely didn't elaborate we have a whole well musical number that. like it's great i mean yeah i mean things get a little risque but there's <laughs> there that's as far as it goes um but you'd be surprised i mean the performers that i work with they're 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 all they're all a big bag of horn balls for sure um Every everybody's got a little something going on, <laughs> for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, the reaction definitely has has varied from from person to person, and we're and we're we're kind of careful about who we tell. Um. The cuckold thing, I honestly at this point in my life, I don't really care anymore. And I, and I and I love that I've I've finally come to that point. I love that because I I hit it, I hit it within an inch of my life, like for most of my years. Um, it's something that like, I, ne I never wanted anybody to know about. And now we've, we're really open about it and we just don't care. And, 
and that kind of feels good. And, and with the people that we've told, you know, they really respect that. We just don't give a shit, or at least, you know, that's how they see it. Um, but so sorry that I've taken up so much of this time Not <laughs> talking at all. about this is your time. Thing, but but going going back to a proctophilia, and, and it's still like I said, it's still very new to us. But I know, like after the first session that I had with my partner, where we we played around with it, the first thing he told me was, "Maybe this isn't something we tell people," you know. And I I knew exactly what he meant by that because we're we're so open with everything about us um and i and at the time i was like yeah yeah of course of course you know this isn't nobody's gonna understand this uh and and to be honest i feel like i'm still at that place and a lot of times i when i really think about it i i kind of feel like slapping myself on the wrist and being like ah you're not you know you're not living up to your motto and <laughs> uh but it I don't know. It definitely just feels like something where, especially as a leader in my company, I feel like if it, if it got out and it got to some of the people above me and, and with our, our positions being more um, high profile, like, you know, performing for these, these uh, we perform for audiences that will have the same audiences for an entire week and people will get to know you and they'll, they'll want to come back and see you specifically, that kind of thing where they have, performers in that in that kind of spotlight i don't know what the reaction would be and legally i don't know if they could even do anything it, you know if, if my name and, and my company was not put on the same thing for everyone to see but i don't know i i don't know if if something like a fart fetish if they if they learned that that was a thing if they found my furry erotica you know what what the consequences would be of that um and i know a lot of a lot of my leaders who who cast me to be in the next thing uh you know would that's casting is a very subjective thing so even just them knowing that about me and being disgusted by it would they would they then not cast me in the next project you know it's 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 definitely a fear of mine no for sure that i that i definitely get um but i can't imagine like if people know like about the uh, the the cuckold aspect, I imagine that uh, is a similar level of of um, and this is not me encouraging you, but I'm just saying like I imagine it's a similar level of potential to view your stat. Is is that am, am I correct in that? Is like the fetish itself is is what would um, potentially change your status or higher ability or what have you. In among the group and, and perhaps among the audiences, even, um, but you feel the uh, the cuckold fetish is is more acceptable than than the proctophilia. And I'm, cur I'm just curious. I'm not like accusing or or trying to to make a judgment. No, for sure. I I th well, first off, I think I think at the end of the day, like if somebody had found out through word of mouth that I was into farts. I, I think that would be more of a, like, turn the head, ignore it. I think they'd be like, ah, oh, too much information. I don't want to know about that from, you know, whoever was telling them that versus, uh, let's say, somebody finding my Fur Affinity account and bringing that to the supervisor. I think, I think if it was a 
online. Here it is in black and white. He writes these stories that are, you know, disgusting and, 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 and I mean, to their eyes, I'm, you know, imagining them saying like, oh, this is like, this is disgusting and twisted and, you know, whatever. I, I think that I think is what I'm, I would fear most. But uh, as far as like a, a proctophilia versus the cuckold thing, I guess maybe the way I see it in my mind is with the cuckold thing. Yes, we're 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 playing around with the the couple dynamic, and we're we're bringing in someone, and and you know people might see that as cheating or or whatever. But I guess still at the end of the day, it's humans having having sex. Sure, they're having sex as opposed to a proctophilia. Now we're now we're reaching into. Uh, someone's farting on someone else and not, not saying that like, I personally don't see a, like a bad or good scale on this or which one's worse. I I guess it's just me taking myself out of my own perspective and imagining how someone else will see it. And, and maybe it's that I've, I've, I've been in involved with the cuckold thing for way, way more years. And, and, and that might, also happened to me with a proctophilia down the line. Perhaps, but I don't think you're actually, I don't think you're wrong, actually. You you met, you brought up a good uh, point there with the idea, or at least I I maybe uh, connected connected the dots in my own head. Because when you said, um, I forget what it is, but basically the idea is, um, I think people hear cuckold and they do what they assume, they think what, people have come to you. It's like, Oh, they, just, they like threesomes. And whereas you hear fart fetish, you're like, Oh, this guy likes shit. Like they go to the extreme right, right. of what, and I'm not saying like, that's the immediate assumption. Like some people probably don't think like that. If, if they saw two girls, one cup, they probably do. But the yeah. point, the point is like, I think people will go, will jump. It's like, Oh, a couple, yeah. Uh, they like they like they just like sex. They're they're sex fiends or whatever whatever the assumption they yeah. want to make. Whereas you hear fart fetish is like, oh, this person likes being pissed on and on all this other weird stuff. Um, so yeah, I ge- I guess I do see where the um like the societal might be like, yay, sex, but boo, bodily functions. Like it it it. it I get it. I get it. Um. I I forget. I think I talked to Dill or whatever. It's like the the even the sexual fluid. It's like me and me and and he mentioned like not like it's gross. It's like sex is kind of gross in a way. Um yeah. but uh but people don't think about that. They'll just think like oh shit and poo and and pee are gross, but but the the cum sexual fluid is not gross. That's that's fine. That's perfectly normal. Yeah, exactly. You can eat you can eat that if you want. That's okay. Like uh you mentioned you started writing erotica. I think you said about two years ago, um, if I'm not mistaken. What what inspired you to want to start writing? Uh, well, I've always, I've definitely always been a creative writer, for sure. And I and I think even it, like before two years ago, I I had written stories here and there, just kind of for fun, just because I was like, you know, I I'm a very very imaginative masturbator. Like I I. Oftentimes I'll, I'll start out with porn and then I'll, I'll leave the porn just to, just to get back in, into the own story that I'm telling in my head. Cause I feel like I always need something very specific that I, that I'm, I'm into. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've just always been a, a strong writer. And then I, I think, I 
think it was I was I was literally just writing a story for myself one day and I was like I feel like I'm really good at this and I feel like if I put this out there there's going to be a group of people that are into this and it's and it's specific it's 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 cuckoldry but it's you know I I do add quite a bit of a twisted element to it it's it's very intense it's very um very degrading uh but I was like, I, I know there's going to be people into this. And, and sure enough, I, I, I do have a little bit of a following. But I, once, once I posted my first story, I was, I was very excited about it. And then just even the first few comments of, you know, you know some, some people who, who it sounded like that was exactly what they'd been waiting for. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, I'm, 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 I'm giving someone something that they weren't able to get previously. And, and now I really feel it with, with adding the aproctophilia into my stories. It, it's, there's been a few, I've lost a couple people, just a couple people who are like, nope, nope, can't do it. Don't even want to, don't even want to play with the other stories now. Um, but I, I think I do a good job of, of, of putting in the warning right before the story. So I'm like, Hey, just so you know, this story before you read it does include a fart element. If that's not your bag, don't don't go into this <laughs> but yeah i i really really enjoy it and i i think for the most part i i just crave seeing um how people respond to it and and the the recent stories that i posted the the people who are really into it it, it, it verbatim they'll tell me that <laughs> they'll tell me that they can't find anything like it anywhere and of course because i've now mixed furry in with a puckled fetish and it's it's now almost canon at this point because all my stories revolve around the same three characters um so i've got people following this and now they're if they're if they're into the aproctophilia thing then boom they've they've now got something ultra specific that they could only play out in their imagination and now here it is an artist created work that goes along with the story and they can enjoy that fantasy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Something you mentioned earlier, uh, I'm pretty sure you said in relation to your stories, is uh, you write um, you write a fantasy more than what you'd like to happen in real life, essentially. Can you talk about how you keep yourself grounded in that uh, reality versus, versus fantasy um, mentality? Like when going out in the real world or, or meeting people, how do you, and especially with, in relationship to, in relation to your, um, uh, what you're seeking in your relationship with, with your partner, what, how do you keep yourself grounded? I guess is, is a, is a simpler way to answer that, ask that question. I think, I think keeping ourselves grounded maybe just kind of comes naturally just because of course, when I'm, when I'm writing out these fantasies, you know, I'm, I'm either very, very horny. So I'm just kind of like going on, uh, you know, sex brain at that point, And then I'll revise later when I'm not horny at all, see how it reads <laughs> and kind of go back and forth from that. But in real life, I guess we've only had one bull who was long ish term. And we, we had them for like two, two and a half ish months. So we've only had a certain amount of time to kind of get to know a bull. And I, and I have a feeling that if, if we find a bull that we end up being a little bit more long-term with the, 
the experiments and the pushing the boundaries would definitely happen more. And I guess that's that's still something that maybe I'll end up figuring out more later on the down the line. You know, maybe there will be another conversation to be had, maybe some feelings or or an emotion, an emotional chord will be struck. And all of a sudden I'll be reconsidering how I view the fantasy uh, at that point. Or maybe it'll be something to get used to. The only reason I ask is because it where the problem starts to come in is when people are left really to their own devices, left to essentially only fantasize and are not connecting um, with with um, with women. And I, I have this problem as well. And I think what what gives you an advantage in this case is you have a, a long running relationship, you know, like uh, in, in my in my fantasy ideal world, I would be like chosen by a woman. Like I'm, I'm a submissive person. Why would I like walk up to a woman and say like, Hey, I think you're attractive. Like, do you want to like, I'd like to get to know you more or whatever, like whatever you say to, to like talk to or start talking to a new person, um, in, in the wild, out in the world, you know, in my world, I would just be like, you know, picked, uh, essentially. And there, there's an appeal to that as well, but that's not the, the world we live in. So I think when people don't when people don't have people to connect to whether they be friends of the opposite sex or romantic partners i think they are especially if they are creative they're stuck um to to just fantasize and i think that um that's it's good to have that expression but also it can find a way to leak into what you think reality is. And I think, you know, I, you know, growing up on Tumblr and, and, you know, various fart forms or whatever, you get a sense of domination and other type of content where like, I was scared to even go to a, a BDSM dungeon, like for a session. Cause I'm like, are they going to let, are they going to let me out? Are they going to like, whatever? It's like, you get there and it's like, no, it's a fucking, it's a fucking business. They don't want you longer than you're paying for. Like, once your once your money is up, get, get the fuck out of there. They're not going to hold you. They're, you're not a prisoner. Like it's it's a bit it's a business just like any other. So, but you go when you look at Tumblr and you look at videos and you you see the fantasy being played out and you don't like connect. It's like oh they're acting or whatever. Like even if they enjoy it, they're still acting um, as a as a victim, as it were, in these videos. But if you don't have anything to compare it to, if you're not having experiences of your own, you can get uh, trapped. So I was curious if you had difficulties, but I think you. It seems like you you connect with people seemingly readily, at least in the way I'm I'm, I'm talking to you now. Um, it seems like you have pretty good connections with with people you meet. Well, I, I guess since since you've elaborated, um, no, I I I do find at times like because I'll if if I'm really like stuck in a story for like a couple weeks, I I think I definitely can can notice it starting to affect, I guess real life judgment, and I think I I personally think I'd be nervous just just with how I've even written my bull character, and then and then some other erotica some cuckold erotica that I've looked up. I think given a bull who has been in the community and has been very experienced, I think meeting them in real life, like if they really know what they're doing and and they have that dom personality, I think it might I think it might intimidate me and and scare me. 
at first, not being sure like how far they'll go or or if if they'll if they'll care about the limits, if they'll if they'll jump straight over the line of what's okay and what's not, just because of like the character that I've I've created over the past couple of years. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good point. I did I did not think about that type of scenario, but but yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you um bringing someone new into the relationship, especially, you know, new to the paradigm, uh new to the act, they may not know exactly what to do. They may go too far. Um and that may be more accidental, but they may not. They may do it purposefully or or have a more sinister intention. Obviously, that's probably the fantasy creative brain working that they're probably more going to just be nervous and like what have you? I'm not sure right. what, your, what your experience has been, but like, I imagine people going in that situation are just like, uh, what, what do you want me to do? What's okay? Like where, where are the, where are the parameters? Or, or it could even go the opposite direction. And maybe, maybe I get carried away and I want, I want things to go further, um, further than maybe, maybe they should. I don't, I don't know. I know the, the one bull that we have had that, that was the, the, the two months and a half ish that, that we had him. He uh, he 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 didn't really know too much about the fetish when we first got with him. And and it was funny because we we actually kind of set him up in a way. My my partner was really attracted to him. So we were like, OK, well, let's, you know, you know, let's hang out with him, see how we vibe with him. And uh, we had hung out with him a, a few times after work and we ended up inviting him uh, back to our place to, like, play video games and and. Sure enough, uh, one thing led to another, and and we had a quote unquote threesome. But my partner and I had planned, okay, we'll we'll just try this out because we've always wanted to. You know, he's he's clearly more into you anyway. So let's let's start it out as a threesome, and then maybe like you can just be more into him and see if we can get me kind of like left out and see if it just naturally happens. And it did, uh, which was really cool. And he enjoyed it at the end of it. And we, we kind of spilled the beans afterwards. Like, Hey, like, sorry, like we're a cuckold couple. I hope that's not like weird or anything. And he was really chill about it. Uh, and then week after week, he, you know, he kind of started playing with it a little bit more. And then we noticed he was getting really into it and he actually really did enjoy having that power. Um, and he kind of, there were a couple times that he went a little bit over the line for us, not too bad, but we could see, we could see him sort of discovering that power and kind of taking advantage of it. Yeah, no, I imagine it is, it is something that is, it is something that has to be done with, with care and, and, and respect. So it's, it's true. Like, I'm glad, uh, I'm assuming like that, that person is no longer, um, uh, uh, performing is not the right word, but but like uh, playing with you guys, I guess would be a better word. No, he's not, and, and not and not for those reasons. Like he, you know, we we had the conversation afterwards, and 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 he was cool about it. Um, I was mainly just saying it for I I can I can see where where that role can go to people's heads, just as much as it goes to my head in a in a different way in a different part of the role. But no, he uh, we, we're no longer uh, with him anymore because. With the place that we work at, he he had moved to where we work at, and then he got fired. So um, we would have kept going on with him, but um, parts didn't play out that way. So I see, I see. Can you talk more about your connection to like 
furry and and why you think that came about? Like you mentioned to me um, in in our in our chats about watching cartoons and and playing as an animal um, as a kid, but I mean, I expect these are pretty common. I imagine I did. Uh, I mean, I watched cartoons, obviously. I don't know how much animal play I did, but I'm assuming maybe. But what do you think made that furry interest stick around for you beyond beyond that, you know, time of your life? Uh, I think it was like when when you're a kid, uh, you know, you play house or whatever. And, and I, I always had to be the like the pet. That was always like a role that I wanted to be. I always wanted to be the animal. I always wanted to be the fox. And, uh, and then of course you get to an age where that's not cool anymore. You don't, you don't play house at recess. That's, that's not cool. That's not what, what guys do. But then I got to college, you know, I'm, I'm in this very freeing environment away from my small, like little conservative town. And I'm, I'm seeing all these people from different walks of life. And, you know, at this point I had been told all my life that if you're gay, you're going to hell, that kind of thing. And then here all of a sudden are several, several flamboyant men, just openly being themselves uh, all over campus and you know I'm I'm in this environment of of opening myself up to all these these new possibilities of 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 restrictions that I've had my whole life you can't be this way you can't be this way and and I'm and, and I was just online randomly one day and I I don't remember how it popped up but I found that there was a furry community I did not know it had existed before then and I found it and it was it was just like immediate. I was like, uh, I can get into that. These are my type of people. And sure enough, I, not not too long after that, I went to my first furry convention and and that was that. I was like, I love this. And and not even not even on a on a on a sexual level. The the non-sexual side of of the furry community is is a blast. I mean, these these people are so creative and um, I, I've made my own fursuit. I have my own character. I take him to conventions and it, and it, and it's just a good time. It's like being dropped into a Disney movie and all the panels and everything are, are really fun. And then, and then of course I definitely love the, the furry art for furry pornography end of it as well. Uh, that, that I found <laughs> almost exactly in tandem with when I found the furry community in general. And ever since then, I mean, that's, that's a good, good portion of the pornography that I look up as furry. Nice. Nice. What, um, help me get a sense of it. If, if you can, like, I, I don't, I, again, these are not philosophical, but like, I don't know. Let's say philosophical. These are philosophical questions. What's, what's different for you and, and how, or or how do you feel different, like as a furry, or is it a community thing, or or what what is it about that element that um, you enjoy? I guess I would say community, but even even then, it's it's been difficult for me to to really make uh, make strides in the community or or make a name for myself. Um, I've I've started to a little bit, but it's just hard for me to get to conventions. It's hard for me to get to meets or 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 to kind of network. Just because of my particular job, I'm I'm uh, unavailable for very large portions of the year, um, and that's been tough. Like I, I definitely want, I've definitely always want wanted a bigger part of the community, but it's it's just difficult. Um, and 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 for me, it's it's uh, I'm one thousand percent open about being a furry to everyone. Um, I, I I typically wear a tail. 
Um, when I'm out casually, I don't wear one to work, but when I'm out casually, I often wear a tail that I'll replace every so often once it kind of starts to fade a little bit. So it's, it, I mean, it's, it's definitely like kind of like always a part of my life. It's hard to explain to people because I think a lot of people, like if you said like, how does it make you feel different? I think a lot of people assume like, oh, like you, you always identify or feel as if you're in embodying this animal, whatever your, your, your furry persona is, your persona. Um, and I think from time to time, I kind of feel that way. Like I, I feel like maybe, maybe I'm expressing myself, um, or gesticulating with my hands in a way that I imagine, uh, possibly my, my furry alter ego would. So I guess maybe, maybe that's just part of the lifestyle thing about it. But, um, other than that, I mainly see it as a hobby, but, but I guess, I, I guess since it is a part of my almost everyday life, I, I'd probably see it more as a lifestyle. Nice. Uh, getting back to, getting back to the, the farting element. Can you, do you recall any of the, uh, the shows or what have you that, um, uh, were like part of your upbringing? You said Nickelodeon, but like, do you remember any of the, uh, shows that stood out to you? Oh well, <laughs> well actually, I'll I'll specifically go with the the Scooby Doo movie, the first live action one. There's there's a scene where <laughs> where uh, Shaggy and Scooby have this like belching, farting competition, and I remember once I got the DVD of that because I remember I saw it in theaters, and I remember thinking, oh, I can't wait for this to come out on DVD so I can rewind that part over and over. <laughs> And that's exactly what I did. I got that DVD and I rewound that part over and over. And I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe even then there was something a little bit more than just like, oh, this is so funny because I intentionally locked my door and turned down the volume. So that way I could rewatch that part over and over and over. So me intentionally hiding that from like any of my family's ears hearing it or hearing that. I am watching this part over and over. Maybe, maybe that was a sign. Maybe, maybe I kind of subconsciously knew then. I don't know. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I hear that. I hear that. I remember, um, uh, I mean, obviously Nickelodeon had a lot of fart jokes. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life was basically, I was going to say one large fart joke, but it was oh, every, every cutaway was essentially like a, a fart joke because they all, all had like slack jawed, slack jawed, like looks to them. And then they did that, um, fart sound that they always did oh yeah yeah <laughs> specifically i remember there was an episode um of angry beavers where uh I, I think one of them accidentally farted on the other and the whole episode was about the other one eventually getting revenge for that um yes <laughs> and that really that see i think that helped ignite the like i was into domination obviously before that um but yeah, that really I think solidified the uh, idea of like farting and domination because that was one episode where it actually was basically there. It was basically in that episode um, in black and white. Obviously not sexual, but in in its own right, could definitely be sexual on a juvenile um, level of of being like having someone essentially hold someone over you and and essentially it being a fart and as it were. 
um, eventually coming. And that was the end. That was the conclusion of the episode. Eventually he got farted on, you know? So uh, it was almost, that was the climax as it were, if you want to look at it um, sexually, this, this, whatever uh, juvenile show, but yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's never um, not surprised me how much um, farting was in early, early media um especially in the 90s and maybe early 2000s yeah yeah a hundred percent i think i think another one that i remember was um i don't know if you know the movie uh corky romano uh with chris Catan. and there's anywhere there's there's a moment when he's a he's in the street and there's there's these two other guys and he's he's pretending to be an fbi agent and he's trying to act like big and bad so he he has them like lean over and then he turns around and then he bends over like he's going to fart in their face and he ends up having a hard time producing a fart but which is the comedy of it but i i even remember like watching that like just seeing the compromising position in there in the middle of the street in front of everybody i don't know i there was definitely like a part of that that caught my attention quite a bit absolutely absolutely would you say you, um, I mean, you've laid out and, and in, in great detail, which I appreciate, uh, a, a few fetishes here. Would you say you enjoy having, uh, each of them? Um, and, and what do you feel about them? Like on a, on a more broad, on a broad basis? I, I love every single one of them. Um, and, and, and those are, those are definitely the, the, the top three for me is, is furry cuckold and aproctophilia those are definitely the top top three for me and and i i don't know like i don't (laughs) i don't know how to say it i don't know if saying that i hold them close to my heart (laughs) maybe that's a little melodramatic but um but i don't know like i i i find my fetishes very comforting to me like i i enjoy that i i have something that I know really works for me and, and pushes me sometimes out of my comfort zone. But I, but I like that. I, I find them very, very almost, almost like that they're, they're, they're a part of what, what has built my personality. Like they are a part of me. Um, not just something that I jerk off to, but it, it feels like something that is a part of me. And I guess I, I I feel very passionate about them, and I know I know when I write about these fetishes, whether it's um, in the actual fictional story itself, or or when I've I've written some off off side, um, you know, analysis of of someone else's work or or my own, I, I talk about it very passionately, and it's helped me as well look into many other fetishes. I like to learn about fetishes that aren't my fetish just i've i've opened myself up to that at this point i'm I, i'm like well if i'm if i'm going to be interested in cuckolding if i'm going to be interested in having someone fart in my face really there's there's very few things that are off limits <laughs> aside from like for real actual non-consent and you know somebody severing their own head there's there's really not a lot that's off the table for me <laughs> um but but i i i love finding what makes everyone tick and it's it's encouraged me to do so. It's encouraged me to do that that research and and really the more research that I feel like I've done, the more all of it just doesn't seem like as big of a deal as as the whole world has made it. Like just the fact that we 
even still say taboo for for things that just don't fucking matter um still blows my mind <laughs> like you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely no definitely i i 100 percent understand what you're saying and it, it is great that to have that um that freedom of expression and and, and to learn and to want to learn about other other um fetishes i uh, even not even fetishes to to want to learn in general i guess is something that is surprisingly not encouraged as much or not maybe appreciated as much as it were i think people talk a big game about wanting to be lifelong learners or whatever um i think few people actually um do it cuz it's hard you, you, who wants to learn their whole life and, you know it's obviously there's an interest to it but it's also work like if you just want to uh sit and watch tv and and you know do nothing um then uh, then learning is hard then there's no there's no reason but if you have a quest for knowledge if you want to know more about you know the what humans do and what how they act and how they how they react and how they want to express themselves i think there's nothing better than than trying to dive in and especially into sexuality because it's sometimes more maybe one of the most pure forms because i guess oftentimes it's done between uh the i mean oftentimes it's done between terrible partners but it's done oftentimes between the best of partners that are you know working towards a a mutual feeling of of enjoyment that i think i think society spends a lot of time chasing those out of us like i i had a um there's a stupid comment i'm going to make but there was a tiktok video of a uh, of uh someone sent to me about a uh like a a daughter making fun of her or ignoring her parents because her dad has a a bad laugh it was almost like a patrick from spongebob type laugh and sure that that's certainly funny like obviously i'm i'm sure i laughed at it uh, when i looked at it as well but then i thought about it and and i don't want to get like too dramatic or whatever but to make fun of someone's laugh um that's like it it's a uh, laughter is one of the purest expressions of joy that society actually allows us to have publicly like privately i think we're open to many things but publicly like to 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 make someone self-conscious about their laugh is i think one of the most destructive things you can do to a person because you're quashing that joy that that free expression of the and making them like think about oh i, I better not laugh because people will make fun of me um because I, I don't get to you know my, my laugh is dumb or my laugh is stupid um and that that's really it's really i mean it's it's a stupid thing like we i'm sure people make fun of la laughs all the time people have silly laughs i'm sure i have a dumb laugh it doesn't matter but i thought about it and i'm like that's really um it's really it really can be deep about like the the simplicity of like how people can affect other people is not necessarily thought about and i think uh, i think it's maybe an extension of what you're saying is like the 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 desire to learn and the desire to to understand people i think is it, well it's empathy for one one thing but it's also just it it's a it leads to a much happier and and fulfilled life for the the time that we have you know the time that we have to to enjoy um uh, we we can find the humans among the people as it were i i like to put it anyways i like that i like that 
Do you do you have any thoughts about the future? I mean, you you have you have uh, you have a few fetishes. Do you have any thoughts about what the future might be for a proctophilia, for for cuckoldry, for um, furry? Like, I mean, furry already, in my opinion, seems like it has a uh, explosive growth and will continue, no doubt. I mean, you got conventions, you have so many things. Um, the art is explosive. There's so many. Um, great artists in the furry community, so many, you know, so many artists in general in the furry community. Um, what do you think about any of these fetishes and the future of them? Uh, and maybe even just for yourself, if if nothing else. Um, you're you're completely correct. I think about the the furry community, and and with with anything, I think I think there's still some ways to go. But it, it has been. I mean, being a furry for the past twelve years. You know, I, I've I've been able to see the growth, and and it's even just in people's general knowledge. Like in the beginning, most people you said furry, and nobody even knew what you were talking about. Now, if you then it then it went to like then if you said furry, people would be like, oh, those are the people that have sex in in animal costumes. And now, um, I I find that even general people who've never met a furry, some of them even have like the knowledge. Oh yeah, I I uh, there are people who dress up in animal costumes and. Uh, there's a misconception that they all have like sex, but they really don't. And that's still not true, but it's better than what it was <laughs> uh, for sure. I see, I see the future of fetishes in general opening up a lot more. And I think it's going to happen. I have a feeling that it's going to happen quick. I think at some point it's going to skyrocket. There's going to be a conversation because you know, even not not to bring it to this, but just to see all these individual civil rights movements like happen one after the next. And, you know, it seems like it follows the same annoying formula of, of all these like hoops and hurdles that that these groups have to go through. But I, I could be incorrect in saying this, but I feel like those 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 moments are, are getting faster and faster. You know, the next thing that happens where everybody's learning about it and they've got to figure it out and they've got to, you know, come to term with it and understand that there are other people in the world <laughs> besides them. I, f I feel like that that journey is getting getting a little bit faster for people. And at some point, I think there's going to be a larger, more broad discussion about fetishes and just that that simple mentality of, you know, don't yuck someone else's young yum. Don't don't kink shame even even to the fetishes that you find hilarious or disgusting sorry it's it's not for you to say what's right and wrong and i don't know i i would like to see more exposure of certain fetishes in in media you know it, it, furry for example i've i've seen it i've seen it brought into a couple things now i've i've seen an American Dad episode where where they they made the furry joke. I've seen this episode, and and whether it's you know we we see it as like oh that's not super accurate or or whatnot. I've seen ones where it's it could be damning to the community, furry community. It was the CSI episode where they went to a furry convention and there's a strip club in there. I've never seen a strip club in a furry convention. Not that I wouldn't mind if there was one, but I I would like to see that with with some other things and you know. It, it, it's always going to start out with comedy and and what i what i hope is that if it's if it starts out in comedy it's it's making light of something as opposed to just damning it and and turning it into something that should be frowned upon 
but the, the I I don't see the harm in in a in a movie or a TV show taking a cuckold relationship seriously. I don't I don't see the harm in that. And you know, it it's it's a niche community, but it's way bigger than people realize. And I mean, from what I'm coming to find out, same with the the fart fetish community. You know, these these are communities that have way bigger numbers than people realize and and they're real people. They're real people and, and, and our art and our media is supposed to represent reality. So, you know, I I feel like there's stories that people are being afraid to tell. <laughs> and I think I think that's where it's gonna start is 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 with media. Most likely a joke in, in some comedy here and there. That's usually where stuff starts unfortunately and then hopefully hopefully it gets dove into a little bit more for sure for sure it's funny like they i was thinking about because i was thinking like it's weird that hollywood hasn't really done um or not even hollywood but any kind of media has done a cuckoldry in a sense that i can at least recall but what i do recall is there's an actor who is often the other man or the man who's being cheated on. But I, I realize it's like they're using cuckoldry not in the not in the in the incorrect sense. Um, that's just infidelity. It's not necessarily the act of cuckoldry. That one, you don't get the sense that this character is enjoying the the sense of cuckoldry, even if it was like ironic or like sexually enjoy enjoying it, despite um Whatever. The point is, like, they're talking about cuckoldry in a way that's not even accurate. So I think it gives people outside of the community a wrong, a wrong sense of what cuckoldry is. Oh, cuckoldry is just when somebody cheats on someone. It's like, no, you're you're giving people a wrong sense of what yeah. uh, cuckoldry. Even if that's not what the article's about. Even if it's just about like, here's all the five times this actor was, you know, cuckolded or essentially. It's like, but it's not. It's not that. You're you're just talking about someone cheating on the actor or whatever. Just this actor being the unfortunate position of being the man cheated on in all five movies or whatever. But yeah, I think that's that's why like this like why I wanted to especially talk to you about this topic because um, in lieu of the cuckold podcast, like I'd like to help um, other fetishes get the same exposure and time to. Uh, talk about it. And I, I know you're not a monolith. You're not the only person who has an opinion or a, a perspective or a way to take um, any of these fetishes, but it is, it is some, and it is in some ways all we can do uh, to in lieu of like scientific studies or, or whatever, you know, all, all that can be done is to talk to people and help, uh, you know, get the, get the story out of what these fetishes are and how people enjoy them. So that's, that's really the goal. But I really appreciated everything you said about uh, just about the future of the fetish. I really I, I think that is very true that that things will start to open up and and definitely my hope that things will start to open up and people will get to express all kinds of things um, that maybe they didn't even feel comfortable for. Like maybe it's accessible, but not quite accessible enough for them, like marijuana in some ways, like right. it was legal, but you had to get it from a dealer or whatever, or like it's medically legal, you have to get a card. Um, and then once it became more legal and in, in certain areas, people were just like, oh yeah, I can go buy that. 
and I can just go buy that at a store or whatever, a regular weed store. Um, we are coming to the to the end. Unfortunately, this has been a, a amazing talk, but I don't want to I don't want to finish before um, letting people know where they can uh, find your your stories and your art if you'd like to share. Yeah, absolutely. So I am on Fur Affinity. Um, that's furaffinity.net. And if you if you go on there, I I have an account under Drewby Fox. If you if you search that, it'll it'll come up. However, um, most of my stuff is uh, explicit content, uh, so you would need to have an account before you're able to read any of my stories. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm on. You can see all the all the art that I've I've commissioned on Twitter, and that is under at Drewby Fox A D. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anything else I'd, uh, you'd like to like to leave us on or anything else you'd like to add before I wrap us up? Uh, no, just just uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on, man. And, and thank you so much for for what you do. I've literally I was I was very excited to uh, to find this podcast. Um, I, I had searched for quite a bit um, for for one that does exactly what yours does. And that's that's just talking honestly about the fetish from perspectives of people who have the fetish. And I, I can't tell you the amount of content that I blew through. It, it, I mean, fetish podcasts specifically talking about sex and they'll have an episode on, on a proctophilia and it's just offensive. It, I mean, just one dimensional, the way they talk about them. Clearly they hadn't even spoken to someone who could, who could account for the fetish. And, um, and and I just I I think it's it's brilliant listening listening to the episodes and listening to your guests and hearing real people it's it, it makes it makes a difference. I agree, I agree, and I thank thank you for that, and and yeah, thank you especially to all the guests, especially to you, Drewby, for for coming on and and uh, and really enlightening us, um, enlightening me on uh, on a lot of these kinks and fetishes I had I you know only know of in name and you really gave me a a perspective and I'm sure you've given other people a perspective as well and I think it'll be really helpful to uh to a broad segment of the audience so I, I thank you for that absolutely thank you so much Ben. 